they tell me of a home far above the skies. And they tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an old cloudy day. Oh, the land of cloudless days. Oh, Tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day. They tell me of a home where my friends have gone. They tell me that land far away, the tree of life in eternal blue. Sheds its fragrance through the uncloudy day. Oh, the land of cloudless days. Oh, the land of an uncloudy sky. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an King and his beauty there. They tell me that my hands hence behold where sits on the throne that is lighter than snow in the city that is made of gold. For they tell me that the smiles of his children there and his smile drives their sorrows away. And they tell me that no tears will they'll ever come again in that lovely land of uncloudy days. Oh, the land of cloudless days. Oh, the land of an uncloudy sky. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day. Oh, they tell me Well, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. And I'll be satisfied as long as I walk below. Close to thee, and just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Oh, dude. 
his own battle cross. Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the
over us Sin no more has dominion For more than conquerors we are So turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace His word shall not fail you he promised believe him and all will be well then go to a world that is dying is perfect salvation so turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strange. Leading in the light of his glory and grace, sing that again. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. First of all, I want to give Jesus all the honor and all the glory for another day. It's been a while since I've been to Millwood Church. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, it's been a while, amen, and I'm so glad to be here today. How you doing, sir? And, and God is moving in the lives of, of people, and I have a word for you, amen? Uh, it, you know, the last time I saw you guys, um, you know, I was in good health, and then 20, in, in 2018, I was diagnosed with cancer, and God healed my body. You know, I, I went through eight weeks of, of uh, radiation, and, and I just give Jesus all the, I'm still here, man. I, I'm 61 years old, amen, I'm still going strong, and, and you know what? God is still on the throne. He's still going to get the victory. We have the victory in Christ 
And uh, Pastor Kip reached out to me and says, hey, can you preach this Sunday? And it, well, it was a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, man, absolutely. I, it's been a while. But, uh, you know, I hadn't really preached. I'm being honest with you. I, I, I still teach at the, our men's home uh, over in Dallas. We have a, a, a recovery center for men that are, you know, turn, trying to turn their life around. I teach there on Tuesdays. But I hadn't actually spoken in a while to the congregation, right? So uh, what, what God gave me this morning is real simple. And if you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 20. Matthew 16, 13, 20. Matthew 16, 13, 20. When you get it, say amen. So God is good. How's the Millwood family doing? Amen. I, I think... Um, you know, we're in a season right now, I, I believe this with all my heart, we're in a season to where um, the wheat is being separated from the tear. And those that believe, I mean, really believe, we're going to, we're going to, you know what I mean? It's like, you can see what's happening and just, you know, there's so much stuff going on right now in the world, in this country. It's just, you know, we just got to focus, stay focused on Christ because he's the one that's that's going to get us to where we need to go because when we're all said, when it's all said and done for us, we're out of here, right? We're going to go be with him in heaven. Amen. And so um, I think what we do in this life will echo in eternity. Amen. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. And the word of God reads, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. Simon Peter, wait, I'm sorry, 15, he said to him, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Look at your neighbor and said, Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal that unto you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. And it will, it, it will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And when then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you right now, Lord. We just, uh, we, we thank you for another day, Lord God. We, uh, we apply the blood right now, the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood over each and every one here. 
Lord God, I pray right now that you will prepare our hearts and our minds for your word. Lord, I yield my stand. I step away from myself, and I ask you, Holy Spirit, I invite you right now to speak through me, and that I yield my stand. I step away, Lord. Let this be your word, not mine, but yours. I'm just a vehicle that is being used through. Satan, we come against your works right now. We rebuke the work of the enemy right now. Devil, you're a liar. You have no authority. You have no dominion. We take authority. We bind the works of the enemy, and we lose love, peace, and joy. We lose the anointing right now. We lose healing, salvation right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. The word today is it's real simple. God wants to use your life. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to use your life. See, so when we get saved, when we accept Christ as our Savior, okay, something happens, right? And that immediately upon salvation, God, God is calling us. He's, uh, we've enlisted. We've raised our hand. How many military do we have in here? Any, any prior military? What branch, sir? Navy. I'm, oh, let me come down there and shake your hand. I'm a Navy guy. All right, sir. Praise God. What 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 did you do in the Navy? Amen. Amen. Thank you for your service. I was a aviation mechanic. I was uh, I worked on jets. I worked on fighters. Uh, I made multiple deployments on aircraft carriers. But when we get saved as believers, we're enlisting. We're called like we're called to the duty of Christ. Amen. And when we're Christians as believers. We got to forget about what's going on around us and focus on what God has called us to do. And, and the, uh, another thing you got to find out is what does God want me to do, right? And uh, at our church at Metanoia, we, um, my wife and I were, were growth track coordinators. And it's really cool because it's kind of like, you know, how you have those classes before you serve in the church, right? Well, at, growth, at our church, we do, um, we do, we call it growth track. It's four Sundays and the third Sunday, we do gift assessment. And the fourth Sunday, we graduate. Real simple. And what it does is helps you find freedom and discover your purpose in life for Christ. Amen? So if you're saved, then God has revealed to you that he's the son of God. That's what happens. Right? How many of you know that when, when you get saved, that's when the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you? It comes and lives inside of We have a human spirit. Right? All of us have a human spirit. So when we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of our human spirit, and they become one. And that's what happens. He begins to speak through you. He wants to, he wants to lead you by the power of his spirit. Amen? So if you will be faithful to testify of Jesus changing power, I know for me, I'm, I'm almost 30 years delivered cocaine addict. Thank you, Jesus. That I don't have to live that way no more. Heart attack, overdoses, all of that. God healed my body. Devil tried to take me out with, with cancer. But God, I'm still here. Look at your neighbor and say, you're still here. God has something for you to do. I mean, that's just the conference. You know, I ain't gonna lie to you, cancer's scary. When you get that, when the, when the doctor comes and says, hey, uh, well, well, I went and got, I, thank God I, I was doing regular checkups. But and when I went to get my checkup in 2018, they called me back about a month later. I got a letter that says, hey, we need to see you. I was like, oh, boy. You know, automatically, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm, you know, I'm 59 years old, you know. 
And so, uh, yeah, sure enough, when I got there, they gave me the diagnosis, uh, stage one uh, prostate cancer. Thank God it was stage one. Caught it early. Amen. And, and you know what? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. But the human nature, right? We, we said, you know, everything started going through my mind. You know, I started thinking about my kids and what's going to happen and, and all these things. But you know what? As I, I thank God for people like Pastor Kip and, and Pastor Billy and all the people, the friends that I have in my network that were praying for me, encouraging me, speaking life to me. Amen? And, and there's something powerful that happens, and, and it's important, and I, you know, to surround yourself with like-minded people. I remember when I told Pastor Kip, he just prayed for me. He began to pray for me. Broken. I just, you know, I was like, man, you know, so much goes through your mind. But that's where we have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and comfort us and, 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 and to lead us and guide us and to, to um, give us that peace that surpasses all understanding. And that's what I got when I, when I, when I once I, about a week into it, I was like, okay, I got this, right? But at first, I ain't gonna lie, I was like kind of nervous. But thank you, Jesus, I'm still here. Praise God. If you will be faithful to testify of Jesus' changing power, then God wants to use your life. And that's what I do. I mean, as believers, we need to be testifying. You know, I mean, I mean, not, I, 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 my type of witnessing is, it's intentional, but I don't just walk up to anybody. You know, I'm, I'm asking God, the Holy Spirit, to show me, lead me, guide me, and, and believe it or not, especially if you're working like I am, or if you're full-time ministry, or if you're serving in the military, you know, God can use you, but it's amazing how he will guide me to the right person. And then not only that, when you're full of the Spirit, people know it. They can see it. They can see the light. And so, I, I, you know, people begin, just begin to open up. Wherever I go, people just open up to me. I don't know why, but they just do. So that, to me, is God saying, hey, here's an opportunity to, to share my, my faith with them. See, if you will be faithful to testify of Jesus' changing power, then God will, will faithfully use your life. Go with me to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. I'm not going to be before you long because I want I, the message. I, and I was thinking as I was on the freeway, I was like, wow, man, you know, what in the world's going on? We sat there for about an hour right there on I-30. Right over, it was on the bridge. So we couldn't go nowhere, right? So uh, Isaiah 43. Verse 10 through 12. Watch this. The word of God reads, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant who I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there is no God form, nor shall there be after me. I even, I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you, look at your neighbor and say, you are my witness, says the Lord of God that I am. Amen? 
So God is he's telling us right there, number one, we have to accept our salvation. When we accept him, we, we, there's an encounter that happens in the spiritual realm that we know that Jesus is the son of God. He's the son of the living God. And now in Isaiah, in the Old Testament, he's saying that I've called you. So our job as believers is not to sit. Our job as believers is to get out there and be a witness for him. Our job as believers is to serve in the body of Christ, to serve in the church, to serve in children's ministry, to serve, uh, you know, if you feel led to go to the prison ministry. I don't know. But it's up to us to find out. My calling is evangelist. I know exactly what my call is. And I encourage each and every one here this morning to find out what your call is. And then when you find out what it is, execute. And pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you as you're doing it, okay? See, don't ever get tired of telling Jesus what, he, what he's done in your life. See, in Revelation 12, verse 11, the Bible says that we overcome them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The day that we stop testifying is the day that we'll stop overcoming. The moment you stop talking about Jesus, sharing Jesus, is the day that you won't overcome because the Bible says we overcame. We overcome. We overcome by giving what God gave us, his job. He wants us to share that faith. Amen? See, God has a plan for your life. See, we must understand that there is a fire burning deep and heavy within our hearts. In every child of God, there's a fire that's burning in us. I remember before my salvation, I used to, um, I mean, it's crazy because God was in my life even then. I saw his mercy. I saw his grace. I saw his forgiveness. But I didn't know him. I was an unbeliever. But now, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? And it's like, wow, man, he was even protecting me then. And I didn't realize it. But now that I've accepted Christ, it's my job to, to execute. Amen? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And I'm taking my glasses off because I can't see without them. I mean, I can't read without, with my glasses on. <laughs> see, God has plans for your life. We must understand there's a burning fire. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Somebody go there and read that. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. 20, verse 9. Who's going to be so bold enough to stand up and read it loud? You guys know I'm engaging. If y'all ever heard me preach before, I'll, I'll call you out. Come on, babe. Yeah. 20 verse 9. Mm. Come on, somebody else read that. Somebody else read it. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. I want to hear from the saints. Anybody got it? All right, I'll read it. Anybody want? You, you got it? Go ahead, brother. Come on, shipmate. Amen.
Amen, amen. 20 verse 9, technically it's 20 verse 9b, right? Because the A really doesn't pertain to it, but that's okay. 20 verse 9, it says, but his word is in my heart like a burning fire. Like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back. Basically what he said, I couldn't hold it back no more. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. See, we must understand that there's a fire burning in our heart and God wants that, what that fire is, is God wants to use you. He wants you to yield yourself to his calling on your life. It may be, it may be witnessing, it may be evangelizing, it may be going to the hospitals. I don't know. It's up to you to find out. Amen? It's up to you to discover what your gift is for the kingdom. It's up to you to discover what he wants you to do because he's going to hold us accountable to what we did with the gifts we gave, that he gave us. We can't just go on as believers and, and act like, you know, nothing's going on, right? God wants to use us. Yes, we accepted him, but what's next, right? That's what's, that's, that's what's important. Salvation is great. He wants us to get saved. Thank you, Jesus. We're saved. We're born again. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. But God is saying, okay, now, now what are you going to do, right? So it's up to us to discover what our purpose is. Number two, you see, there's a living, we're living in the last days, and God is preparing an army in which he wants to use each and every one of us. And you can see right now, we are in the last days, y'all. Wars and rumors of wars. I mean, you know, parents against their children, children against their parents, it's all kind of drama, there, there's division, there's racism, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And let me share something with you. God is not concerned about all of that. You know what he's concerned about? About making disciples, about winning souls, about bringing as many people into the kingdom as we can. He's not involved in, in all of it. The only, matter of fact, we talk about politics. The only thing Jesus said about politics is pay your taxes. And somebody say amen. That was it. He was not, he had no care about that. He was like fixated and laser focused on the kingdom of God and winning souls for the kingdom. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And that's what we're going to be judged on. And you know what? We're living in those times right now. And, and guess what? God is raising up a mighty army that he wants to use in these last days. And get it in your mind. God wants to use your life. Amen? See, the key to God using your life is preparation. God is a God of preparation. He will not send you out until you're prepared. Think about that. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. <clears throat> the first miracle he did was the wine. Remember? At the wedding. That was before he went, on, went to the fast. But after that, that was it. But when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, when he came back, that's really when his ministry really just took off. Because that's when you begin to see signs and wonders and miracles, demons cast out. You know, uh, uh, Legion, the one, the one man that was cutting himself in the rocks. And, 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 and you know, and, and he realized it was God. It was Jesus. When Jesus came on the shore. And he says, he just manifests. He began to manifest. And Jesus said, come out right now. And those devils, the demons came out, 
And they said, where can we go? And he sent them into the swine, and the swine ran off the cliff into the water. But guess what? That man, it said, the Bible says the man sat there clothed and in his right mind. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. See, God wants to prepare us. I know I, I went to Bible school. I graduated Bible school uh, after four years, and, and you know, it was a, it was a Christian ministry, a, a recovery center, out of Nevada. You guys, if you get probably seen them, they're out selling banana bread all over the city, and you might have seen them out there passing out flyers. And and well, that was me almost 30 years ago when I was, you know, in my addiction. But when I was being trained, part of that was evangelism. Part of that was getting out there, not just fundraising, but testifying about the goodness of God and being able to uh, uh, articulate and, and really help me to, to hone my, my witnessing skills, how to lead someone to Christ. How many of you know how to lead somebody to Christ? You know how to lead some, do you guys know how to lead somebody to Christ? You get, it's, it's, it's like fishing. You know, when you fish, you got to hit it at the right time to catch that fish, right? And because if you don't, he's going to get away or the hook's going to go you know, pop out of his mouth, right? And, and, and that's the same thing with soul winning. You have, to, you have to practice it. You have to develop it. You have to prayer. Prayer is, is so imperative uh, when you witness and testify uh, because, you know, the Holy Spirit wants to use your life to where there will be power, not just words, but power. I mean, there's a big difference, right? You, you've, you've had some people come up to me and say, hey, man, Jesus loves you, and and I remember before Christ, you know, I, you know, I was like, bro, I don't want to hear that, you know. But little did I know there was a little seed being planted. And God will bring somebody else on and water it. And then when I got to the end of myself, I said, Lord, help me. And that's when he came in. Amen. See, uh, uh, preparation. God is a God of preparation. God wants to drill you, instruct you, teach you, and train you because God wants to use your life. Amen. And it's not just about being full-time minister either. He can use you in the workplace. He uses me almost every, every day when, I, when I'm on the phone. I talk to people. I'm in HR. I, I'm a recruiter. I, I, I help bring people onto the bank that I work at. And guess what? Sometimes, as I was saying earlier, people just open up. We're having an intake session, and I'm just learning a little bit more about them, right? About their, so making sure that they'll be a good fit for the role. And then I also I have to describe what the role is and what their expectations are for the role, right? So in doing all that, sometimes those conversations be like, man, how did they just start opening up and talking about something totally different? Well, that's the Holy Spirit moving right there. And I've, there's been times I've led people, I don't think I ever shared that with you, Adriana. I've led people to Christ at work on the phone talking about a job. Can you believe that? And I mean, I'm talking, they're full on crying. Tears, nose, you know, snot. Like, wow, okay, thank you, Jesus. I mean, so not only did I, I, I screen them or interview them, but I led them to the Lord. So I mean, it's like, wow, only God can do that, right? But if it would have been the wrong timing, or if I had not have been led by the Holy Spirit, they may have called, they just, hey, he's preaching to me about Jesus. You know what I mean? And I may have lose my job. But so it has, you have to be very, very careful. And I say that, not being careful, but trusting in the Holy Spirit for discernment. God, he'll show you. Talk to him. Talk to her. Or he'll say, don't say anything. Right? Or you, you, and it's not in, it's not in, in, in words. It's, it's just, you just feel it in your spirit.
Amen? So using your life doesn't necessarily mean standing behind the pulpit and preaching to people. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It means you can be uh, in prison ministry. You can be in children's ministry. You can, you can uh, uh, if there's a burning desire in your heart to serve, you can go to the nursing homes and minister to senior citizens. Um, worship. There was something, the gentleman was up here playing the guitar a minute ago, right? And so there's, there's, there's so many different things that God wants to use you, but you have to decide what, you, what, what is it you want to do. Amen? See, these areas of ministry are not burdens, but God's grace. Let me say it again. These areas of ministry where God wants to use your life are not a burden. It's a privilege. How blessed it is for, to be able to go and share the good news with somebody that's at their lowest. It's like, like someone in jail, someone in prison, or someone in a nursing home that, that their family doesn't even come and visit them no more. How many of you guys can relate to what I'm saying? I've talked to people that, that in nursing homes and, and say, hey, man, you know, oh, man, thank God. They look forward to us coming out because their families don't visit. And that's a shame. That, that hurts my heart. The, the, the mother, the father that raised us, that literally gave us life. There's men and women that are in uh, nursing facilities. The parents don't even come visit. The, the children don't visit. They're all concerned about that life insurance, that money. That's the world we're living in right now. It's selfish. It's all about self. It's about me. It's not about others. It's about me, 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 me. Amen? See, these areas of ministries are not burdens, but privileges of God's grace. Go with me to 2 Timothy real quick. I'm almost done, y'all. I know I got started a little late. 2 Timothy chapter 9, chapter, excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 1. When you get it, say amen. 2 Timothy. Timotheos. Chapter 1, verse 9. The word of God reads. You got it? Everybody got it? Okay. 2 Timothy 1, verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Let me say it again. Who has, let me just read, let me just, uh, let me just get the full context. Verse 8, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed. Bible says, if you be ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. So don't be ashamed to tell your testimony. See, uh, 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 don't be ashamed to share the testimony of our Lord, nor... Me, his prisoner. He's talking about Paul. This is Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. But share with me the sufferings. Share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Jesus Christ before time begins. See, Paul was, a, uh, was about making disciples, amen? Paul had his spiritual son, Timothy. And, and in 2 Timothy, Paul was in prison. Paul knew he was going to die. 
Paul knew that uh, it was just a matter of time before his head would be cut off for the gospel. If that's what he was saying. That's what these, these are letters to his spiritual son Timothy from prison. He knew his time was short. But he was instructing his spiritual son, Timothy, to uh, not be ashamed of the testimony of Christ. And, and, and then he said, share with me, share with me in the sufferings for Jesus Christ. And then he says, hey, who, he's called us to a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and his grace. Amen? which is given to us through Christ. So some people, you, you know, think about it. So some people, why do some people not serve? Why do some people not serve? Amen? Is there any water? You got any waters? Uh, why do people not serve? Think about that. I'm not trying to call nobody out. But why, thank you, sister. Why do people not serve? It's like, it's like God gives you this gift, an amazing gift of eternal life. Or he may heal you. He may deliver you. I don't know. But then it's like once we get that gift, we just sit on it. We're just sitting there. We won't use it. We're just, we're just you know, we're just kind of hoarding it, you know. See, uh, 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 why do some people not serve? Some, some feel that they don't, they don't need to. Well, okay, I'm saved, but I don't, you know, no, that's it. I'm good, brother. I don't need to serve. Some feel, some don't feel that there's a need, okay? Look at John 4, verse 35. Go with me quickly. John 4, 35. I'm, 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 it ain't me, it's the word. Amen? John 4, 35. Look what it says. Do not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. God, the, the, the harvest is ready. The harvest is plentiful, plentiful, but the laborers are few. Why is it that when you have a church, there's only like a handful of people doing everything? Come on now. Come on, somebody. Some don't feel there's a need. I don't need to do that. We'll do it with, like it says right here <laughs> in verse 35. Uh, there's still four months to go. I mean, in other words, there's time. No, there's not time. Because we don't know when God's going to call us home. Amen. Some don't want to. Some don't want to come under authority and headship. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Some of us are in rebellion, and we don't even want to submit to authority. Now, when I say submit to authority, I mean God's authority. When I say authority, I mean the pastor. Let me just drill it. Let me just bring it on home, right? Uh, uh, they don't want to come under authority. They don't want headship. You can't tell them nothing. If you try to counsel them, they just push back. And you know what? God bless them. Sometimes you just have to leave them alone for a while. Let the Holy Spirit deal with them. Or sometimes the devil will get a hold of them. Because when you don't come under authority, you're, you're, you're basically saying, I don't want to be under God's headship. 
Do y'all understand what I mean there? See, Pastor Kip is here. He's the shepherd. And if you fall under his authority, not where he's going to be like uh, um, abusing you spiritually, but I mean just the, God's authority. Go with me to Romans chapter uh, 13. Well, I'm going to show you what I'm talking about real quick. Holy Spirit just dropped the scripture on me. Uh, Romans 13. And this is dangerous, y'all. It's extremely dangerous. Amen? Look what it says. Romans 13, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Okay? Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will do what? Bring judgment upon themselves. So, so uh, you know, this thing of, you know, when we get saved, when we become believers, you know, it's not, we just don't become, you know, we don't get saved and be mavericks. No, we're part of God's army. And, and, and my, my brother in the back that's in the ex-Navy, we know, we have authority. We have a, we have a skipper, right? We have, we have a supervisor. We got people over us. And they give us orders, right? And we have to carry out those orders. Because if we don't, what happens? They lock us up in the brig. <laughs> no, 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 not, not necessarily. You'll get wrote up. You'll get wrote up because you're insubordinate, right? And, but if you continue to, you know, uh, push back on, on, on the leadership and authority, guess what? Uh, you'll probably wind up getting kicked out. Uh, uh, you know, uh, some type of discharge. Uh, 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 though some of us that were in the military, we call it the BCD. Depends on how bad the situation is. But the BCD is uh, bad conduct discharge. And some of the guys, we call it the big chicken dinner. All right? Hey, man, I got the big chicken dinner. I knew some guys that, that got kicked out. And they got beat. And let me tell you, that BCD follows you through your life. You go to apply for a job, guess what? Bing, it's going to pop up. Amen? So God wants us to submit to authority, right? He wants us to submit to authority. He's calling us to submit because if we can't submit to the pastor, how can you submit to God? If you can't submit to the pastor who you can see, how can you submit to God? It can't happen because we can't see God. It takes faith to believe that we're saved, to believe that Christ is the Savior, the Son of the living God. But guess what? We have to have more faith to believe that that's our pastor, that's our shepherd. Amen. See, some people don't want to come under authority and headship. Jude, Jude, the last book before you get the revelation. Jude. Look what it says, Jude 8.13. Or should I say Jude 13? Yeah, Jude 13. Is that right? Ah, Jude 8, 1, 8 through 13, I'm sorry. Jude 8, likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh. They reject authority and they speak evil of dignitaries. Think about, uh oh, let me say it again. 
Likewise, these dreamers defile the flesh. They reject authority and they speak evil of dignitaries. So be careful what you say about people. The tongue, life and death, Proverbs 18.21. Life and death is in the power of the tongue and those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I saw some guy in my neighborhood and he had, he had a flag on his truck that said, F Joe Biden. I was like, what? That's what the word says. Reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. You may not like that person in office, but you got to respect their authority. Amen? That's what the Bible says. Amen or on me? <laughs> Amen. Don't get mad at me now. I'm just, I'm just giving the word. Amen? Some people won't serve without a payroll. Come on, pay me. You know, pastors say, hey, I need, I need to put together a band. You know, a worship team. You know, that's a big thing right now. You know, I'm not going to play, I'm not going to use my gift for the kingdom unless you pay me. Unless there's a salary involved. Amen? See, we can never pay back to God what he has done in our lives. Imagine if God said, hey, I'm, I'm sending you an invoice for your salvation. Think about that. Wow. I know, right? Wow. Imagine getting the, uh, an invoice in, in the mail. It's like from Jesus to me. And it's like, wow, he just sent me. Did he just send me an invoice? I mean, that's powerful, right? Imagine that. But guess what? We do it to God all the time, right? We can never pay back to God what he has done in our lives. See, God doesn't owe us anything, but we owe him everything. Amen or on me. God does not owe us nothing, nada, nunca, nothing. But we owe him everything. I know I do. I, I promise you. I, 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 I promise you. I, I can't even. I, 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 I'm on this um, devotional every morning with my pastor and some other men. And today it was talking about being thankful to God. And when I read the devotional, brother, I was like, man, I, I just, I was, I was laying, I was in the bed, I was laying, I was like, I just got quiet, my eyes willed up, because man, I, I, I can't repay him. I can't repay him. I can't repay him. I cannot repay him for what he's done for me. I can think of so many times he's saved my life, he's protected me from being, you know, I'm being shot at, and the bullet, I could see, I could feel and hear the bullets coming by me because some dope deal, and the bullets didn't hit me. You know, I, I could think about that time I was in a car wreck with a semi and, 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 and people were hurt and I got out the car unscathed. I can think about the time when I was laying on the, uh, when I was going to radiation at Texas Oncology and you know, what they do when you're going to radiation, they, they, they mark little X's on your body and they put little tape over it and they lay you on this, this uh, it's kind of like going doing a, uh, uh, what's it called? MRI, yeah, there you go. It's kind of like that, and, they, and you go up in this machine and you can just feel that radiation coming in your body, man. I, 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 can, I, I can think about when, uh, though there were good days, I would come and get my radiation, I boom, go right to work. 
But then there were days I come in and I was just tired. I was just drained. I remember, I remember sitting up there on the edge of the bed. And I can feel it right now. I, I was so tired of the radiation. I was like, man, when is, I, I can't wait till this is over with. And even the lady, and the lady would come up to me and she says, she said, Mr. Freeman, it's going to be okay. She felt it. Those, those sisters helped me. And I'll never forget the day I rung that bell. For those of you that may be cancer survivors or may know family members, at Texas Oncology, when you, when you finish radiation, you get to ring that bell. Amen? I, I think about that. So God doesn't owe us nothing, but we owe him everything. See, why do some people don't want, not want to serve? Some people just want recognition. They want recognition. They want to be a superstar, not a servant. Amen? See, um, these are the kind of people that want to be begged to help. Okay, you guys ever had that situation come up? I know I have. It's like, dude, come on, bro. God's calling you. Help me out over here already. Like, remember? Remember at, uh, Moses? When he was holding up the rod, he got tired. So guess what? The elder, uh, the ape, you know, his, his brother came and, and, and other people came and they, and they undergirded him. And see, that's what Pastor Kip needs right here in Millwood. He needs men and women that are going to help, help him undergird him, pray for him, fast for him. Come on, somebody. Push that plate back. Come on. I know we like chicken fried steak. I know we like ribs. I know we like brisket. Amen. I know I like fried chicken. Amen. Homemade, too, right? Deep fried. Double battered. Come on now. But guess what? God is calling us. Have you fasted for your pastor lately? Have you pushed the plate away for your pastor? Have you said, hey, you know what? And not make a big announcement. But have you said, hey, you know what? Has God dealt with you to, you know what, skip lunch or breakfast or dinner for your pastor? Amen? See, some people want recognition. Some, some don't serve because of selfish ego. Amen? They want to be in charge. Won't, won't submit to nobody. Won't, 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 add, you know, won't submit, won't do nothing, but want to be in charge. Think about that. How can God use somebody like that? See, they want to be in charge. They want to start at the top. I mean, I remember. I mean, you know, I, like sometimes at the church, there's things that need to be done. I, and, you know, I may minister or whatever, but hey, guess what? I'm willing to roll up my sleeves and go clean that toilet. I'm willing to go into the trash. I'm, you know what? Hey, guess what? Hey, we need somebody to cook for men's. Hey, I re hey I'll cook. You know? We need somebody to go to uh, the senior citizen, the home, just, just to go over and pray for the people. Hey, guess what? Start volunteering. Raise your hand for Jesus. And watch what he does. Because when you commit to the call, when you commit to the call, where God leads, he will provide. He'll always provide. He'll always provide. See, they feel that everyone should recognize their power 
and position. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to pray here in a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8 through 18. I'm throwing a lot of scriptures at y'all, I know, but I hope you're writing them down. 2 Corinthians 10, 8 through 18. Verse, and the word of God reads, For even if I should boast, boast somewhat more about our, uh, our authority, watch this. This is good. Which the Lord gave us for edification and not for your destruction, I shall not be ashamed, lest, lest, look what it says, lest I seem to terrify you by letters. For his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Let such a person consider this and what we are in word by letters when we are absent. Such, now remember, this is, let me just give you some context. This is, um, the Apostle Paul speaking to the church of Corinth, okay? Um, and he was talking to the church. They were having issues. And he was just bringing instruction. Amen? See, see verse 12 says, so we, be, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves. Say it again. We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who condemn themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Whoever, we, whoever will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere with God appointed to us a sphere which especially includes you and I. For we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. Or it was to you that we came with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not boasting of things beyond measure that is in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. So as our faith is increased, we're going to grow. Amen? Verse 16. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. But he who glories, let him glorify in the Lord. For, for, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. Amen? So, get over yourself. <laughs> Basically is what he's saying. Hey, get over yourself. It's not about you. That it's not about your ego. That's, that's what's wrong with, with the world today. We can't come together. Amen? We can't. Because ego and pride and area, and, and those are the things that the Bible talks about. God hates a proud look. Amen? He, the Bible says he hates it. Wow. Come on now. Uh, uh, um. Selfish ego is the beginning of the end, I believe, for, an e for a believer. Uh, I, I mean, when I say that, I mean beginning of the end uh, of that com communion, that relationship. Because God can't deal with that. He said it. 
He can't deal with our egos. You know, and, and the Bible says, the, you know, the Holy Spirit's like a dove. He, he, he's like a dove, right? And, and, and see, when you are worship, you notice in worship, the Spirit of God just kind of drops. And so, when, when, when in worship, the Holy Spirit will come. The Bible says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So, the Holy Spirit, if he's like a dove, he'll come and he'll land in our midst, and when he lands in our midst, amongst us, among us, that's when we see miracles happen. But when there's pride and arrogance and ego and, and lust and all that stuff that comes with it, he can't come. He won't come. Thus, he, there's no miracles. There's no, there's no move of God. Amen? So when there's pride and arrogance and ego and selfishness, those are all fruits of the flesh, by the way. God can't move. He can't use a vessel that, that, that's acting that way. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. See, remember, whether you help out or don't help out, God loves you. First and foremost, he loves you. Whether you perform or don't perform, God does not change God's love. But I do want to say this. In the parable of the talents, you know the story where God gave everybody gift, right? He gave some more, some less. But what they did with that gift is what mattered the most. Because the man that didn't do anything with it, what did he do to him? Cast him out. So God is calling us today to... Do something for him. He wants to use your life. He wants to use your life. Look at your neighbor. He wants to use your life. He wants to use your life. He wants to use your life. And some of you in this room, I sense, you want to be used by God, but then it's like, man, can he really use me? I know, I, I felt that way. There, there's, there's that doubt, right? There's that, there's that man, uh, and I think because of me, because of my addiction, I struggled with it. I was like, man, how can God use me? Right? I remember when I was in a cold hospital room, 1991, overdosed from cocaine, crack cocaine. That's where I got saved. That's when I got saved. Uh, I was in the hospital, in a cold hospital room, and a guy that I used to work with, and, and we're still friends to this day, used to, you know, he used to always tell me about Jesus at work, and I was like, Dude, I want to go over here and party. Come on now. You're killing my groove. And you guys remember those, okay, I'm, I'm dating myself. Y'all remember those chick tracks? The little, the little, like, little cartoons? You remember those? They give them out and they had like demons and stuff like that. It was like scare you into salvation, right? Well, he used to always give me, I was like, dude. <laughs> you know, I think I had like 10 of them in my car. But, but I'm saying all that to say this is that Number one, he never gave up on me. I mean, this guy just was, mom, he never gave up on me. And I was like, and then after a while, I was like, there's something different about this guy, right? There's something, there's something different about this guy. So I began to go from suspicion to just observing. And I was looking at his life. I was looking at how he treated people. I was looking at 
you know, the fruit in his life. I didn't know it was fruit then, but I know what it is now, so that's what it was. It was fruit. And I was like, wow, man, he's got something that nobody else has. Well, as God would have it, while I'm in the hospital, he sends him to the hospital. Well, I'll be. Right? It's like, geez, I can't get rid of this guy. No, I'm just kidding. But he came, and I remember he said this. He said, he said, he said, Thomas, do you believe Jesus can heal your body? I said, I said, man, I tell you what, and I'll never forget this. I said, if, if God can heal my body, I'll give him a try. And that's all I said. You know? It was as simple as that. If God can heal me, I will give him a try. I'll just try him out. You know, I'll take him for a test run. Amen. He said, in the prayer of faith, he prayed the prayer of faith, heal my body. Heal my body. I cried. I remember when I, that, was, that, was, that was when I got saved. And I cried probably for about an hour. And, and then I remember the doctors, they came in and showed me the x-rays of my heart. And, you know, some of you guys in the medical field, you may know uh, what a myocardial infarction is. That's a major heart attack. And I was only, uh, let's see, how old was I then? I was 32 years old. And I did so much cocaine that my heart was just damaged. And he said, hey, he says, hey, uh, Mr. Freeman, this is your x-rays of your heart. And, and I was like, wow. He, you know, I, I didn't know what it meant, but I could tell there was damage. He, he said, see right here where this damage is around the heart muscle? Well, that's, that's what caused that heart attack. So after Jamal prayed for me, about two days later, the doctors came in and said, hey, Tom, how you feeling? Man, you know, I feel, I feel better. And little did anybody know, you know, I, I got up and I had my little robe on. Y'all know that robe. I can't stand those robes, man. Like, there's nothing in the back, right? So it's like I, was, I got up out the bed and I, and, I, and I was walking around in the room. And then the next day I got up and, I, and it was late. I was walking down the hallway. And the doctor came back and he said, and true story. Doctor came back and he says, well, how you feeling? I said, well, I said, I'm feeling better, Doc. He said, well, well, here's the x-rays of your heart when you first came in, and here's the x-rays we took this morning. And I knew that God had healed my body because that damage was not around there. Let's all stand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you right now. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for healing. I thank you, Lord, um, for being here at Millwood this morning, Lord. Uh, I know the enemy tried to delay, but I know that, that, that it was meant for me to be here to share this word, if not just for one person, Lord God. I, I pray right now, Lord, that, 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 Lord God, that it would be a clarion call, a clarion call to the, the believers here at Millwood right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, uh, I just want to ask, is there anyone um, in this room that uh, has not accepted Christ? Is there anyone that has never accepted Christ? Is there anyone here that is, has accepted Christ? And you know what? You, you're feeling like, man, I'm not really where I need to be, or I could be better. Is there anyone here that, that feels that in their heart? Or is there anyone here that believes, you know what? Uh, I want to serve, but I don't know what it is. Something's holding me back. 
I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray. Because the Bible says that two or more touch and agree that he's in the midst. And I know that God is in the miracle working business. I want to pray. Because you know what? The enemy is running havoc in our schools. Children are being slaughtered. Families are being divided. Divorce. Sickness. COVID, monkey, they got something called monkeypox out now. I mean, my God. We got to pray, saints. Amen? And God is calling us to pray. Because if he can't, if we can't do it, nobody can. Because the Spirit of God lives in us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So if you're right there, if, you, if, you, if you're sick in the body, this is one of my gifts. I want to give it to you. I want to, I want to impart it to you. One of my gifts is prayer, praying for people. If anyone's sick in their body, if anyone has an infirmity, a sickness, I want to pray with you. Trust me, I, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God bless you, brother. And we're going to pray for our brother. Sir, what's your name again? Terry. Let's pray for Terry. Stretch your hands out towards Terry. Praise God. Is there any anointing oil here? Oh, I like where he had it. Hold on one second. Is there anyone else? I want to be ready to pray. I want to, I want to make sure that I don't miss anybody. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Terry, we're going to pray with you first. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I lift up Terry. I apply the blood over him from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. I thank you for my brother. I thank you, Lord, for my shipmate, Lord God. And right now, Lord, we're asking you in the name of Jesus, that you would release your healing power from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. And Lord, you know what he shared with me, Lord God. And I pray stability. I pray strength in his legs. I pray, Lord God, I come against neuropathy. I come against every form of sickness. Jesus, Woo, Lord, you took 39 stripes on Calvary. And every one of those stripes represent every sickness known to mankind. And I apply the blood and I pray right now. Healing right now. Healing in his body. Healing in his midsection. Healing in his legs right now. In the name of Jesus. Devil, you're a liar. You have no authority over his body. And I ask you, Lord, that you would loose your healing power, your healing anointing over him from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. I thank you for my brother right now. Thank you, Lord. By faith, 
Now, we thank you, and we exercise our faith, thanking you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And, Father, I pray for my sister, Lord. I plead the blood over her, Lord. Uh, I, I just pray right now. She's got such a, a, a gentle spirit, Lord. There's a calling on her life. Uh, I don't know what it is, Lord God. I see the gift of works. I see the gift of helps. I see the gift of helps over her, Lord. I see the gift of, of prayer over her, Lord. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would release your healing power over her, Lord, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, Lord God. And just continue to work in her body. I rebuke the spirit of diabetes right now. I come against it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you're our healer. You are the God that heals. You're Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for your healing power. We thank you, Lord, that you're healing her body even now, supernaturally right now, Father. Uh, 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 supernaturally right now. Uh, creatively. Creative healing, creative healing, creative healing in her body in the name of Jesus. Bless her now, Lord God. Stir up the good gifts within these two right now. Stir it up right now. The good gifts that you've given us, Lord God, and every gift from you is good. And Lord, we thank you that you're stirring up the good gift right now in Jesus' name. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Oh, Father, thank you. up my brother. I plead the blood over him right now. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch his wife right there where she is, Lord God. That you would touch her in her mind, in her brain. Lord God, you have the blueprints. You have the schematics to our bodies, Lord God. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would release your healing power over her, her mind, begin to do the healing in, in, in her brain, Lord God. Begin to uh, uh, melt down and remove any forms, any symptoms right now of aneurysm right now. We just, we know, Lord God, that you're worthy. You're able, Lord God. You rose the sick. You rose the dead. And we believe you did it then, and we believe that you can do it now. And I pray right now for my brother, his wife, touch her body right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, you're a liar. I lift my brother up. I pray that he will be steadfast in the faith, Lord God. Stir up the good gift within him, Lord God, the gift of prayer, the gift of fasting. Fasting. Push a plate back for a day, a lunch, a, 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 a one meal. I pray right now, Father. Stir that gift up in him. Uh, Lord God, encourage him, Lord, like you encouraged David. David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. I pray that my brother would encourage himself, Lord God, that he would continue to be steadfast in the faith, standing in the gap for his family, standing in the gap for his children, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, a wall of fire 
a hedge of protection around him. Let your angels be dispatched around him in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, by faith that it be done right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? I just feel like praying right now. I don't know. I don't know. Mama, you want prayer? I'm going to come to Mama. Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over my mom. I plead the blood over her. In the name of Jesus, Lord, continue the healing in her body. Continue the healing in her mind. She has the mind of Christ. She has the mind of Christ. Continue your healing power. Continue your healing power, Mama. In the name of Jesus, touch her body from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. In, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We pray for her husband. We pray, Lord God, for her husband, Lord God. Touch his body. We rebuke the spirit of dementia right now. Bring him, make him whole right now. In the name of Jesus. We come against the works of the enemy. We come against fear. We come against doubt. We come against, Lord God, hurt and pain. And Lord, we ask that you release peace. Peace, peace, peace surpassing all understanding. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Children, let's pray for the kids. Father, we pray for the children in school. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would go to each and every school right now, that you would be with, with protect the, the teachers, Lord God. Lord God, protect them from these active shooters. It's just, Lord, we don't know what's going on. We know it's the devil. And Lord, we pray uh, uh, for our children. We pray for our grandchildren. We rebuke the work of the enemy right now. Lord, we pray for our teachers, Lord God, that they shouldn't have to carry weapons, Lord God, but that they should just be able to just go to school and teach their children, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, protect them. Let your angels be around them. Dispatch your angels around our children in every school across the world and in every school across America and in every school, especially in the state of Texas, Lord God. Protect the babies, Lord. Protect the babies, Lord. Protect them right now, Father. And Lord, I lift up Pastor Kip and, and, and Sister uh, the first lady, we cover them with your blood right now. Cover them with your blood in their absence. I pray, I thank you for Pastor Kip, my brother and my friend, Lord God. I plead the blood over him. I pray that he would be encouraged, that he would finish the race, that he would fight the good fight. Because I know as a believer and especially as a preacher or teacher or evangelist, we get weary, Lord God, that he will not be weary in his well-doing, but that he would reap a harvest in due season. I pray that he would not be weary. Strengthen him right now. His spirit. I speak life right now into that couple, into the, the, the father and mother of this church right now. In the name of Jesus, a wall of fire, a hedge of protection around them. Devil, you're a liar. Get your hands off of them. I come against every attack, whether it be spiritually, verbally, anything or anybody, come against that pastor. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you 
We give you praise. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's give Jesus a clap offering. Praise God. Praise God. I love you guys. I love you, Millwood. I love you guys. Amen. It's always a blessing to come. And it's been a long time. It's been too long, sir. I'm still here, man. The devil thought he had me, but I got away. Amen. And the devil thought he had you, and you got away. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.